Hey, everyone. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast, Kinetic Conversations, where the design of this podcast is to activate, engage and inspire. The topic that I'm bringing to you guys this week. Oh, my goodness. I am just I'm bubbling over here because it is about financial literacy. And we know that this is an important, important thing in our daily lives, in our communities, in our workplaces. People want to talk about money. So let's talk about it. So literacy is defined in dictionaries as one's knowledge on a particular subject. So I always tell people you have to know money. So in order to truly become financially literate and make the push toward financial freedom, you must know your money. This is imperative. You can't know where you're going until you know where you've been. You have to face it. You have to look at it, the ugliness of it, the beauty of it, whatever it is, you have to face it. You have to know your money. That is, you must take an in-depth look and review on where you are financially. It's really simple. Initially, it will be a daunting task. It's going to be a challenge. You may even be disheartened by it. But hey, I want you to hang in there because it's progress. It's very similar to when you say, hey, I'm going to lose weight this year. I'm going to take that step. You have to put a scale in your house. You have to take those embarrassing pictures in the mirror where you may look more than impressive if you ask yourself. But you have to face that if you're truly going to tackle financial literacy. And it's the same when it comes to physical fitness. So what really triggered this for me was is is that I was reading a stat and I try to make a practice every morning where I spend two to three minutes where I'll look at various things from stocks and just different articles as it pertains to, to wealth and money management. And I stumbled across this article and I really wanted to do a podcast on this. And it said that according to CNBC, 34% of American households experience a major unexpected expense during the year. However, only 39% of survey respondents said they would be able to cover a $1,000 setback using their own personal savings. Wow, (laughs) right? That's very, very, very sobering. And it's eye-opening at the same time. And no, we're not gonna cast any aspersions or speak negatively, but folks, I wanna simplify that for you. That is 60% of the U.S. population doesn't have immediate access to $1,000 should an unexpected challenge arise. And we have a U.S. population now well over 350 million people. So those are the very staggering, staggering numbers. And I want to make sure that not only myself, but anyone who listens to this podcast can really take that step toward financial literacy and ultimately climb into that minority of people. And we can ultimately turn it into the majority where there will be more people who know about financial literacy, who are more just affluent and abreast on all the issues of wealth management and the things that come with that. So how do you know your money is the question many may ask. First thing I always tell people, you must budget, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point. Take a look at all expenses, especially discretionary spending. This can be a vice. This is something that we all have these proclivities. We like to spend. I know particularly in our generation, we are very much inclined to do subscriptions. And the very uh, deceptive and so to speak, 
uh, deceiving aspect of subscriptions is, is naturally on its face, it's very cheap. So you're like, oh, I'm paying $9.99 for Apple Music, $13 for Netflix, uh, $8 for Hulu. I pay for DirecTV now. There's so many. Heck, I even have a subscription for my car, my car to be washed. So everyone is kind of getting on the subscription because it's easier up front and it's kind of this installment styled system where you don't really care about the, the continual aspects of it because you're like upfront, it doesn't, it doesn't cost that much. Subscriptions can be the death of you if you don't watch it. So you definitely want to look at discretionary spending. A personal vice of mine was always eating out. So that's something that I had to address. How do I get on a, a monthly budget as it pertains to food and allocating? I'm not going to allow myself to eat out above a certain limit. It can be expenses such as clothes, credit card debt. There's so many different th- different things that can ultimately be attributed to discretionary spending. But it is subjective. It's something that you alone have to address. And that's the beauty of financial literacy. What, what could be my personal proclivity or challenge may not be yours. But the cool thing is we can all scale this mountain together and ultimately plant that fa- flag on financial freedom. All right. So you must create a consistent budget and analyze any expenses that can immediately be reduced or abolished. If you've read the book, which if you're trying to tackle financial literacy, I'm sure you've at least heard of it. The book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki, where he said you must determine what is an asset and what is a liability. And he always said an asset is anything that can generate wealth. Anything that can generate money, that could be owning land, that could be uh, various taxing breaks that you may experience. It can be so many different things. Owning a lawn company, that is anything that generates to your ability to make money and revenue. A liability is anything that dejects or takes away from that. So liabilities, like I said, subscriptions, it could be credit card debt, health expenses, all of these different things that ultimately don't contribute to the greater good of you becoming financially free and financially literate can be attributed as a liability. In the book, Richest Man in Babylon, which is one of my particular favorite, favorite financial books, he recommends that you live on 70% of your income. And then you'll use the remaining 20% to pay down debt. And then the remaining 10% bringing the totality to 100% for personal savings. And a quote that he lives by, and he, he really reinforces throughout the book. And I love, love, love this quote. And I have it saved on my phone is a part of all I earn is mine to keep. Meaning that you have a direct obligation to set aside some money for yourself. Personally, one of my practices is is that I go through and every month I have it set on automation where it is automatically deducted out of my account. And when I first started out, folks, the reason why I'm so impassioned about financial literacy is when I started out, I didn't even have a consistent plan five years ago on, hey, how do I save $50 a month? But I I honed in on it. I addressed the, the things that were less than unflattering and I and I addressed it. I looked myself in the mirror and I said, you will not be broke anymore. You're going to step out. You're going to do the work. You're going to apply yourself and you're going to ultimately make that quest toward financial freedom. So if you want to know what the breakdown is, I'm just going to put it in an example form for you. If you bring home three thousand dollars a month, then the 70 percent that you would need to live off would be twenty one hundred dollars. 
you would then use $600 to pay down any debt. That's any discretionary spending, any time when you were living a little bit more freely and lavishly, you're going to use that $600 to pay down that debt. And then guess what, folks? You get the benefit. And yes, I said the benefit because that's what it is. You're benefiting yourself in the long run to save $300 a month. So that $3,000 is now being portioned into 70% for your living income, 20% paying down your debt, and 10% for personal savings. And there we have it. We follow that plan. And ultimately, what you're going to see is, is that your asset column is going to increase and your liability column should be decreasing. So you may ask, hey, can I get this in a more enumerated format? Give me some financial steps. All right, I got them for you. I'm prepared. First thing you want to do is you want to analyze your finances. Simply put, you got to know your money. I've been preaching that throughout this podcast. Know your money. That's financial literacy. Second thing you want to do is you have to create a plan and start targeted goals. One of the personal goals that I have is, is that my best friend, we were sitting there, we were 23 years old. He said, hey, who do you think will hit 100 grand first in total savings by the time we're 30? And, you know, me naturally taking a challenger and I was not in a position to be taking this challenge, but I was emboldened. I said, heck, I need to hold myself accountable. And we made a promise to each other that we would really strive hard toward hitting 100 grand by the time we were 30. And I'm so, so excited to sit here with you guys right now and tell you that I not only hit that goal, but I'm three years earlier than that targeted goal. I'm 27 and I've been able to hit that goal. But it took consistency. It took looking in the mirror, facing it and ultimately living and embodying the true, true term, which is financial literacy. I learned and I began to really tackle and just educate myself on my money. So you want to create a plan and start a targeted goal. The next thing you want to do, you have to formulate a budget. You have to know, hey, this is the highs and lows. This is the ebbs and flows. This is what it's going to take in order for me to achieve financial literacy and ultimately at the top, crystallizing it with financial independence. So you have to have a budget. Next thing you want to do is you want to abolish any unnecessary spending. So that's you looking around and saying, hey, what do I spend money on on a regular basis that I can reduce or abolish? So, like I said, that could be subscriptions. That can be getting your nails done, buying shoes, um, just different things that you don't need. One of the personal books that I read to kind of help me in this progression was a book called Essentialism and the Disciplined Pursuit of Less. And yes, it's not as as rigorous as minimalism entirely, but it was just saying, hey, how do you live a life that is less but better, making it more meaningful, focusing on the things that matter. And ultimately, folks, that's what I'm telling you is if you're going to tackle financial literacy, you're going to have to sacrifice some things. I used to see a quote all the time that would say discipline is simply choosing between what you want now and what you want most. If you want to be financially free, me personally, I want to be a millionaire by 40. I want to be able to impact change from a financial aspect and just in a social aspect. And so in order to do that, you have to know what you want most and you have to be undeadered. You have to be relentless. You have to go forward toward. So abolish any unnecessary spending. One of the things that I did early on was I started cutting my own hair. I said, hey, I'm willing to deal with the embarrassment in order to take back some of my time in order to save money. I was able to then mathematically uh, figure out that I could save five hundred dollars 
a year if I cut my own hair. If you multiply that times five, then you ultimately see there's a lot of money to be made, folks. So that's what, if you do that, and I've been on a five-year plan, so that's why I reference five years. That being said, there's an opportunity out there to really go out and maximize at a very, very high level if you can abolish unnecessary spending. The next thing you want to do, pay down debts. You want to look around. If that's paying your car, adding uh, extra payments, can you pay anything early, student loan debt, all of those different things, you're ultimately, like I said, wanting to drive down the liability column and ultimately increase and augment the asset column. The next thing you want to do, you want to live on specific amounts. I referenced this earlier, a 70, 20, and 10 rule, which I specifically said is, is that you're going to live on 70% of your income you're going to pay down debt with 20% and then 10% of it is going to be your personal savings. Because remember, a part of all you earn is yours to keep. You owe yourself, so pay yourself. The next thing, which I just referenced is pay yourself. So I personally use automated savings in my bank. It's automatically deducted. It is like a bill that comes out. I don't see it until it hits my account. I do not use it. It is something that I hold myself accountable every time. And you have to make a commitment to yourself whether you start out with $10 a month, that, hey, that $10 cannot be touched. Once you do that, you're going to gradually start to see an increase and you'll be able to graduate and go up and then you'll look and you'll be like, holy moly, I'm really saving a lot of money. Me personally, I've achieved being able to save 40% of my income on a regular basis because of some of these steps. I'm not telling you that it's guaranteed to work for everybody, but I'm telling you that if you take a true step toward financial literacy, you're bound to be in better financial position next year than you are currently. So like I said, pay yourself. The next thing is log each transaction. This is a big thing and a lot of people don't want to do it. But if you're truly going to be financially literate, and like I say, we said the the aspect of it that we're preaching is, is that you have to know your money. You have to log your transactions. When you're in McDonald's, you got to do it. All my people laugh at me. My friends laugh at me because they're like, oh, my God, I'm there with my little fudget app and I'm logging down whether I buy a piece of candy or all those different things. And one of the things that you'll notice is, is the rigorous process of having to log everything down. There's sometimes I'm like, "Mm, I'm not going to even get out the car and go buy it because it's not worth it because I don't want to log. And as a result, I'm contributing more to my asset column and reducing my liabilities. The last thing and I'll say for your financial step is you want to set financial goals. If you want to start out and say, hey, I really just want to break into that 1K club because I do not want to be a part of the 60 percent, which is the majority of Americans who don't have immediate access to a thousand dollars should a challenge arise. So set that goal. It could be a thousand dollars. I've went from a thousand dollars to five thousand dollars to twenty thousand dollars a year. But I've been able to graduate because I held myself accountable and I really, really followed this recursive process on financial steps. All right. So now that we know that these are a plan that you can implement, you can start today. You don't have to wait until everyone comes out at the end of 2019 saying, oh, 2020 is going to be amazing. I'm going to really start focusing on finances. No, start right now. Start when everybody else is doing those different things. In order to truly be financially free, you have to do what others are not doing. And you have to biblically, it says, consider the ant. You have to look and say, hey, Everybody else is kind of playing during the summer. Let me work. So when the winter time comes, guess who's in position? It's you. That's financial freedom. That's financial literacy. That is what you call being a smart, smart person and ultimately tackling wealth management. 
So before I let you guys go, I really want to shout you guys out again. Thank you so much for your indulgence and taking time to listen. I hope that this really did what this podcast is designed to do, which is to activate you, make you be active. That's why it's called Kinetic Conversations, because we want you to be active. I hope that it inspired you. And ultimately, I hope that it engages you to get out and do uh, everything that's in your heart to do. And I hope that financial freedom is one of those things that you'll decide to engage in. So I do have a few recommended books that I always say, if you want to start out, and you really want to know more about financial freedom and financial literacy. My recommended book for the week is Rich Dad, Poor Dad or The Richest Man in Babylon. I reference both of those in the above topics. And I think that these are terrific books to really just learn the very rudimentary basics of financial freedom and financial literacy. I do have a quote that I like to share each week. And so this week, my quote is by Harry Overstrike that says, your actions stem from what you fundamentally desire. I want to reinforce that one more time. Your actions stem from what you fundamentally desire. So if you say you want to be financially free, if you say that you want to go and you want to save a thousand dollars, please make sure that your actions mirror those practices, because in order to truly be financially free and financially independent, you're going to have to be disciplined. And those actions are going to have to stem from what you fundamentally desire. And last but not least, the personal thing that I love to tell everybody who I talk to about finances, remember, if you grind different, you will shine different. So thank everyone for listening to Kinetic Conversations. I hope that you are truly activated. I hope that you are inspired and I hope you are engaged. Until we meet again, I'm wishing you guys well, well wishes and a truckload of financial freedom in the days to come. Thank you. Bye bye.